Hey guys, welcome to episode 3 of the Daily Hustle podcast. I'm here today with Jonathan Ma. He is known as JMR Physio on Instagram, um, and I know him through social media as well. We've seen each other a few times, but today we're here to explore what Jonathan does in his space, which is physiotherapy. So Jonathan, tell us more about what you do and what your day-to-day looks like. Hey bro, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the podcast, something I always wanted to do, so it's really rewarding to, to, to come on and share my experiences. Uh, at the moment, working as a full-time physiotherapist, it's been, this is my third year going yep. into practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working for four years before that uh, during uni. Uh, at the moment, full-time at Physio Inc. in Glenmore Park, and then I do two nights a week at X2166 Training Center cool. down in Canley Heights. And how old are you now? I'm 23, turning 24 this year. Oh, okay. So when did you finish uni? So I finished uni when I was 21? 21. 20? 20. I think, yeah. How long was it? Four years, was it? Four years for an undergraduate degree. Okay. Uh, But you can go another avenue, which is the master's degree. Usually you have to do something prior to that. Okay. And that's usually two or three years. So you just did, like, you went straight into a bachelor's of physio and that was it? Yeah, straight from... Straight from high school into uni. Yeah, cool. And so, with uh, your transition, or guess, yeah, your transition into full time, um, was were there a lot of things? I'm not sure about what physio is like, but did you guys get certified, or was it just your degree and then straight into physio? It was pretty much the degree, and then you just have to complete your your registration with the the governing board. Yeah, but then that's just like apply online. Yeah, just prove that you've done your degree and stuff. Submit documentation and things. Okay, it wasn't cool. anything external. Nice. Um, let's talk about you growing up then. You mentioned in our conversation before we started recording that um, you're in Chester Hill. Have you always been there? And what's your sort of childhood been like? Yeah, always grew up there. Uh, lived in Canleyvale actually. Okay. Since oh, when I, up until I was three years old. Oh, okay. And so- we made the move, so I don't remember living down yeah. down this area. Yeah, and then living in Chester Hill. From my knowledge of that area, it's like so. It's not. It's not like a main city. It's like a not a main suburb. Did you feel like you were sort of isolated living there, or did you have a lot of friends there? What was it like? It was kind of in the middle of everywhere. Yeah. So it, it was nice because I wasn't too far away. Oh right. But yeah. it wasn't too close to anything. Yeah. Either. So yeah. I spent a lot of time up towards like Bankstown, yeah. and then also down towards this Fairfield area. Yeah. And then Lidcombe's on the other side. Yeah. So about like. 15, 20 minutes okay. from everywhere. Yeah, cool. So I don't have to travel and, too far. And where'd you go to school? Primary school and high school? Primary school went to Chester Hill North. Okay. Public school. Yeah. And then high school, I went to Tempe High. Oh, really? Is that close to Chester Hill? Tempe's next to the airport. Oh, why? <laughs> why'd you go to Tempe? Because <laughs> the, the local school wasn't that great at the time. Okay. A lot of, yeah. Stuff. A, very good, a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> a very good school, so... Yeah. Yeah, got in, barely scraped into the selective stream. Ah, uh, okay, so Tempe was selective. Yeah, it was it was half, half-ish selective. Okay. But. Uh, did you know that you wanted to get into physio when you got into school, or how did that come about? Uh, I think, like, going through going through primary school and the early stages of high school, I was always, always into sport. Yeah. Like, being active and things, but mm-hmm. I wanted to be a chef. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> up until year 10. Yeah. Well, that, when you go through those junior years, you know how you go like woodwork and oh, yeah, yeah, food tech and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I really liked food tech. <laughs> and then, 
So I, I'd, I'd take the recipes home and make them at home. And oh, really? And, yeah, yeah. So like, you were full into it? Yeah, I was full into oh, it. Oh, shit. Then I realized only I liked my food. <laughs> <laughs> so no one else liked your food, it was just you? Nah, I don't know. I, yeah. I think I, I did a decent job, but yeah. uh, it was the time where, around year 10, I'd yeah. say, Fitness First has that, uh, they used to, I don't know if they still do it, but they do the, the free teen program during the school holidays. Oh, okay, yeah. Have you heard yeah. That? No, I haven't heard of it before. No, so... They they let like teenagers go in and train during the school for holidays. Free during the school holidays, oh, right. so I think me and my mates we that's how we first started started oh, okay. to train cool. yeah. going to the gym. Yeah, so I started doing a little bit of that. I uh, started to play a little bit more sport yeah. in high school, mm-hmm. and with more activity, that's when you start to pick up little niggles, little injuries. And yeah, things. right. Uh, which is when I started to to seek out healthcare. Oh, I'd right. sprain my ankle, hurt yeah. my knee, or something. Yeah. So then I went out to the the place that my mom was going to, mm. which was the place I'm actually working for now. Oh, right. Integrated Therapy and yeah. Fitness, ITF, yeah. out in Bankstown. Uh-huh. So I went there because my mom was there, uh, and I went to see Min, which is the, he's the owner. Mm-hmm. Also my boss at the moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, so you he, went from patient to employee. Yeah, well, I went from patient, and then what happened was I'd, I'd go back there when oh. I got another injury. Yeah, all right. And then I think, say, the next time I had another injury, yep. I'd sort of think back to what he did uh, for me that right. time. Yeah. That's where the, the interest started to click. Mm-hmm. And when I started to get more more into health. Yeah, and, and this was still during high school. It's during high school. So yeah. still around that year, like year 9, year 10 period. Okay. And then year 10 work experience came around. Yeah. Do you have that? Still yeah, yeah, work there? experience. Yeah, Yeah. so I did, I did a week at the clinic. Ah, okay. Yeah. Couldn't do much. I just... Watched him, watched yeah. him do stuff. Yeah, watched the reception do a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but then that's where it sparked my interest even more. Mm. Like, oh yeah, like why are you doing this and like, yeah. why are you giving him this exercise? Right. Why right. does that work and yeah. things? So continued to to further my interest. Yeah. And then from there, that's when I knuckled down. I was like, okay, what do I need to get? Or what oh, are the yeah. steps? Study. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the steps to go to get into being a physio? Right. And I looked at the marks and I almost shot myself. <laughs> it was they're, high. They're like ninety eight, right? At, at the time, it was ninety. At the time, it was ninety eight point five or oh, something. Shit. By the yeah. time it crept up to my year, it was ninety nine. Oh wow! Right. So, yeah. in year ten, I already knew I needed high, high marks. marks right. Yeah. I wasn't the brightest kid in school. Right. So at best, above average. Okay. I would say. Yeah. I was more one of like the jokesters, just <laughs> muck around and stuff. Yeah. So year year ten, eleven, I think I started to put my head down a bit okay. more. And started to put put the work in. Yeah. Into the stuff I didn't like doing. Mm. And then So what were the subjects that you studied at high school? Were they related to physio or was it just sort of like subjects that you liked or you knew you would do good at? Yeah, so interestingly I thought that I'd need to do a lot of science based yeah. su- subjects. because uh, physio is like study of body and stuff, yeah. right? So you'd think you'd need some science, but yeah. you actually didn't. Like okay. You didn't need to do certain subjects. Right. Um, so I ended up doing, I did my extension maths, advanced English. I did PE. Yep. I really like PE. Mm-hmm. I did business studies, commerce. Okay. And no, business study, economics. Yeah. And then I had biology in year 11, but then I dropped that out. Because oh, okay. we started learning about plants and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't learn about yeah. plants. Not the human body. No. Not that. Yeah. Fair enough. And so from there, high school into uni, was it a smooth transition or did you feel like did you get the marks first of all to get in yeah so what ended <laughs> up happening was I got I got 97.4 shit nice also so yeah, yeah. 
I from the cutoff, like I'd, I'd miss out, right? Yeah. So one or two marks. So. Yeah. Because you know how you get your marks first and yep. then you get the yep. thing later. And the offers. So for a week or two, I was just like, just, shitting you yourself. know, you're just shitting there. You're like, am I going to get in? Am I going to get in? <laughs> I ended up getting an offer. Okay, nice. Um, because they had something on their website or in the program that if you got really good at these certain subjects, yep. you'd, they'd consider you higher. Oh, nice. So I pumped my English. Yeah. Very proud of that. I pumped my English <laughs> and I think that's what pushed me over the line. Right. Yeah. I think in there it was like if you pump uh, extension mass, extension English, yep. or you do really well in some of the science ones, yeah. they give you a bit of a boost. Yeah, okay. Uh, I did didn't do that great in maths. Um, for some reason, I did really well in English. Okay. Uh, I yeah. absolutely hated English. But oh, really? Yeah, it was one of the well. things where I was like, all right, I hate it, but I have to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's I was it. Like, if I have to do it, I might as well be good at it. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, absolutely pumped that. Okay. And then, yeah, I got the offer. Oh, I mean, nice. And that was at UNSW? Sydney. Sydney. Sydney Uni. Oh, nice, nice, nice. When you were considering unis, was Sydney your top pick? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, Sydney was on top pick. One, because it was on the Cumberland campus. Okay. Which is Lincoln. Did the you go there? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so close to home, right? 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because my sister went there. She did radiography. Yeah. So I knew about the campus. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there wasn't a lot of unis offering an undergrad physio at the time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think there was Sydney. Uh, there was also Western Sydney. Mm-hmm. And there was ACU. Yeah, uh, I knew of people that went through the Sydney program. Mm-hmm. I didn't know many people that went through like the other ones. Oh, so. Okay, and so it was just sort of like you knew you knew the campus. It was close to home, most yeah. convenient. You knew people who went there and stuff. So yeah, and it was like, like just Sydney, Sydney Uni, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you think it's, you think it's good. Hundred yeah. percent. Nice. Okay, um, I want to bring it back to when your mum was going to go see a physio. Was she going through a lot of health issues as well, or was it just like she just needed like a massage or something? Yeah, I think a lot of um, Asian parents, like yours and mine, they there's nothing. A lot of times, nothing like inherently wrong. Yeah, they just feel they just, just they want just a bit of hands-on stuff. <laughs> yeah, go, go get like a go get a crack for adjustment. Get, yeah, get some soft tissue work done. Yeah, that's like, it. That's it. Kind okay. Of yeah. So, and so she didn't have any real like major health issues. It was just sort of like she did have uh, aches and pains and things yeah. from uh, certain working working thing yeah. it's just little little very like minor mm. it's not like really major yeah. major injuries yeah uh, but the funny thing was then when i started to learn like new techniques were you things, treating your mom yeah so like my <laughs> no, like so my, my family became like my practice right, right? Yeah. and then my friends as well yeah we came yeah. to practice so yeah i still remember um in in high school when we would play sport or something or when there was pee even at like lunch and recess mm. there, there's like you know there's those silver seats yeah yeah, yeah those yeah, long yeah, bench yeah. tops benches. like my mates would lie on it no way and you'd yeah. massage them yeah and i wouldn't <laughs> massage them but like i I'd test certain things yeah. and like try to feel for certain things that uh, i saw in an anatomy chart yeah, or something yeah. like oh yeah you just think yeah, you're getting cool? right into yeah that's what I'm <laughs> You thought you were like mad shit. You're like, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty mad. So, and for you getting treated as well by Min, was it Min? Yeah, Min. Yeah. So it was like a sprained ankle and stuff. Was there any major injury that you went through or was it just sort of like, oh, when something happens, you'll just go see him? Yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, it was just from mostly just playing school sport. Yeah. I know I sprained my ankle a few times, handful of times. Mm. I'd hurt my knee sometimes yep. from falls. Yeah. I'd dive on the shoulder. Yeah. Spraying the wrist, you know, okay. those little things like that. Yeah. Nothing like an ACL. <laughs> Rest. <laughs> well, Rest. <laughs> it's funny you bring up the ACL thing. I wanted to ask you about that too. I know you recently went through a ACL tear. Was it tear? Yeah. How's that? Um, talk me through what happened, how you got injured, and your recovery from there. 
Yeah, so it was through the sport of Oztag. Wonderful <laughs> sport of Oztag. Notorious for ACL tears. Yeah. So it was the middle of last year. Yeah. 2020. So it was around, it was the end of August, 31st of August. I remember that's when I did it. Uh, we were playing, it was a men's, men's social game. It was my second game of the night. And we were preparing for, it was the, the team I was playing State Cup with in November. Okay. Right. So we had that same team that we just played every week yeah. in the social comp. Uh, we verse we were down numbers as well, so like we had one probably no, one one sub, sub at okay. most. Yeah, um, and me being me, I'd, I'd stay on yeah. most of the time. Uh, <laughs> I'd just play around the middle. I don't run much, but <laughs> I just tell people what to do. <laughs> Fourth of fifth tackle, we were attacking on on their their line. Right, yeah. had a bit of space behind, so I was running, put a little kick through, and the defender was shielding the ball, so his back was turned towards me, and I was trying to get around. Yeah. Trying to get around to re-gather the ball. I clipped his heel. Okay. Because we're both running in the same direction. Uh-huh. I clipped his heel with my left foot. Yeah. Because I was going at an angle, I stuck my right leg out to the side. Oh. And then as soon as he hit the ground, I just heard like, big pop, bang. Oof. I was on the ground. And like, I knew straight away. So you knew that you got it. Yeah, yeah. I knew straight away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, once that happened, what was going through your mind? Were you just like... Yeah, what, I mean, what do you think? It was, at, it was, at, just, it like was like, at the time, it was just shock, right? Because right. I, I was in disbelief. Yeah, you're like, no way. Like, I was no just sitting way. there because I, it was on the try line, so I just yeah. shuffled my bum over. I just mm. sat there, and my knee was, uh, it felt weird. Okay, like, I'd never felt my knee feel like that before. Right. Yeah, it just felt, it felt like there's a lot of air in it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, okay. Yeah, I can't describe it, yeah. but like it was, not stable sort of thing. Yeah, it wasn't stable. Even yeah. though I was sitting on the floor, it just felt. Like, it just wasn't right. Yeah. So I sat there, and I was still, like, say, 10, 15 minutes left of that game. So I just sat there watching watching my team play. Okay. And then, Did anyone check up on you? There was, there was no... Yeah, like, people came over and stuff, but I was like, oh, I'm all right. Okay, like, I was yeah. Just trying to watch the game. Yeah. Yeah, and then the game was over. I, I wanted to get back up to walk to my team. And yeah. as soon as I, I stood up and tried to put weight on, I was like, no, nah, it's not happening. Oh, actually. shit. Yeah, so I limped over... And then uh, Jason Trin was there, JT Physio. Okay. We, we were versing his team. Oh, so right. I was like, bro, I think I did my knee, eh? He's yeah. like, all right, let's have a look at it. So went through the diagnostic tests for an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. And then he did one of them. Uh, it's called a pivot shift test. Uh, what, what you do is straighten the knee. You like sort of turn the, the knee inwards. Yeah. And this tests the, uh, the integrity of the ACL. Yeah. And then if you pull it down and it kind of, Jolts. Yeah, that means you don't have an ACL there. Oh shit! Right, so he did it. He did it, and then all of a sudden he got to this a certain range, and he just like clicked. And then <laughs> we both looked at each other, and we knew we knew what that meant. I was like, no. Fuck. He just looked at me. Like, he knew I knew. He oh, just looked no. at me. He's like, sorry, bro. I'm <laughs> like, sorry. I'm like, fuck. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. And then from then on, um, he went through surgery and stuff as well, right? Yeah. So from from there. I got an MRI within the next few days, yeah. came back, mm. torn ACL, uh, had a bit of a fracture in, okay. the, in the joint as well. Yeah. And I did my meniscus. Uh, so meniscus is like a kind of cushioning mm-hmm. for the knee, helps distribute load and provides congruency for the knee. Yeah. So any type like significant torsion stuff, yeah. you can tear it. Yeah. And then it, it disrupts the stability right. of the knee. So that was the main thing that was locking my knee right. so I could barely I had about minus 20 degrees from straight yeah and I could get to about like 
Just I couldn't even get to 90 degrees uh, of the fence just before 90 degrees. Yeah, so that was the range of motion. Very limited. Right. Yeah, so good thing being a physio is you linked up with surgeons and other yeah. physios that yeah, had right. a lot of opinions yeah, yeah, coming yeah. in. Yeah, Gave a call to the surgeon that my clinic works with mm. and he looked at the scans. He's like, no, nah, we need to, need to get you in and properly assess it. Like, it doesn't look good. Right. Most likely going to need to operate on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh. <laughs> were you still working at this time or did you have a nah, break? I couldn't walk. Okay, yeah. yeah. So were you on crutches? I was on crutches, yeah. yeah. I couldn't walk, so there's no yeah. way it could work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I'm, like with your work, and same with me, that's why I'm always very careful whenever I do anything. That's why I'm scared to like play Oztag. I want to get into um, BJJ as well, Jiu-Jitsu. Mm. And I'm scared too because I've heard about all these injuries that happen when you're doing BJJ. And so for me, if I get injured physically and I can't walk, I can't you know, lift things... Like, I'm ruined. Like, I can't do my job as a PT. You know what I mean? Mm. And so the same was for you. During that time, were you worried about not being able to work? Or were you just sort of like, just just give it a break? Definitely wanting to go back to work, right? Yeah. Because I feel, probably for yourself as well, like, you feel a responsibility to your clients. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, for sure. Even some days when I feel like I'm sick, Mm. but I'm like, oh, fuck, like, I don't want them to go through the burden of having to reschedule and, you know, that... They were looking to that appointment and yeah. things. Yeah. So for me at the time, I think that was on my mind, but also just not being able to walk around normally. It's just like, no, there's no way. There's no way I was going to yeah. walk, right? Yeah. Um, and because I've treated a lot of ACLs myself, a lot of the pure ACLs, like they don't do any other things, they're back to walking pretty early, like okay. within a few days to a week. Right. Because right? I cooked my meniscus so hard, yeah. it just wasn't allowing me to... To put weight on it, mm, okay. which is what was holding me back. Yeah, so I got in with the surgeon that week. He fit me in, and then we put we booked surgery like within. I was like two, three weeks after. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he got me in pretty pretty quickly. quick. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then once you had surgery, what, what was what was he actually operating on? Was it human meniscus and ACL, or what was the sort yeah? Of so when when he looked at the meniscus, he was like. This is one of the worst meniscus I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> and I was shit. like, I looked at him like, oh, yep, yep, <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks <laughs> for letting me know. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so he was going to take most of it out, right? just shave it off because yeah. he couldn't repair it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the plan. And then whilst he was in there, I was going to reconstruct the ACL. Yeah. So how they reconstruct the, the ACL is the, the ligament's torn, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no ligament there. What they do is they... They take part of your hamstring tendon. Oh, so they right. take that. So they take about, I'd say, like 15, 20 centimeters worth. Yeah. Right. They they fold it over. Yeah. Like three, four, five times, whatever right. they do. So it's like nice, small, like spring. small and thick. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then what they do is they they drill a hole through your kind of like your kneecap. Yeah. Right. Which is where you can see like the scars. Yeah. And then they feed it through where the ACL normally sits. Right. Tied up, and then. As the as the bone stuff starts to heal around it, that becomes your new ligament. Ah, and do they attach it to where the ACL was torn, or do they take out the ACL completely and like use that as the new new ACL? Yeah, they use it as the new ACL. Right, so it's just like floating edge bodies that they need to clean out. Right, so they take away the what what was your ACL before, mm. and then use that hamstring tendon as the new ACL, and as you repair, then it gets basically molded into your ACL. Yes. Right. Cool. Yeah. And so, with that operation afterwards, how was your recovery like? So, we're about six months now, five and a half months since I did it. I had my surgery on the 21st of September. 
So we're about five and a half months. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The first, the first, say, six to eight weeks was it was tough mm. because there was a lot of question marks, right, on a lot of stuff. So for normal ACL repairs, you can wait there like pretty instantly. Okay. It's just as tolerable. Right. You don't have to restrict yourself to crutches and mm-hmm. not putting weight on it. Yeah. For a while, but because I did my meniscus, they didn't want me to weight bear on it because it could disrupt the the repair. Okay. Procedures because yeah. well I said before the meniscus is a weight bearing structure. Right? Yeah. So he left me off weight bearing for two weeks, uh, and then I thought I could walk after that. Yeah. So I, I'd organize work again. Like, oh, like I'm really? coming back. Yeah. And then I'd go to see him. He's like, Oh no, actually I want you off for another like, four. <sighs> another four weeks. Yeah. So I think I was I was off. I was weight. Not non weight bearing for about six six or six to eight weeks. Right. I think. So I couldn't do much, couldn't yeah, work, right? Yeah, yeah. And then in that time as well, I had developed uh, an infection oh, sure. around the, the operation. Yeah. So I, that's why my knee's so ugly. Oh, so that's why you have a scar now on there. There's gonna be a scar there regardless, but it shouldn't have been, been that fat. Ugly, right. <laughs> yeah. Like it was my legs ugly already to begin with. <laughs> Just made it more ugly. Yeah, right. Um, so then the infection was around the operation. Yeah, right. so how he explained to me why it happened was because the the sutures weren't deep enough. Uh, so because they're sitting up on the surface, yeah. it doesn't allow the skin to form over. Mm. It just sort of builds, builds up. Top, yeah. So it was all like pussy and stuff. Oh, and, really? Yeah, it didn't hurt or anything. It was just nasty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. And so I know during your recovery, I saw you post some stuff up on social media, like first run or like first run in the past like six months or something like that mm. um was it tempting for you to like walk even though your surgeon was like no don't don't walk don't put any weight on yeah I, I definitely pushed it did you <laughs> yeah yeah so i pushed these i pushed these boundaries quite a bit oh and, really yeah consulting with my mates and what i've seen and, and things, yourself as a physio too obviously yeah like you're you're within reason like you're yeah. not doing anything too crazy yeah that's I, I kind of knew where the limits were yeah but then in that understanding that Surgeons, surgeons' protocols are generally very conservative and yeah. very strict, right? Because they're preserving their their artwork basically, mm, right? Mm, mm. So you don't want to take a gamble, even if it's like a ten percent chance or like a five percent chance, right? Of getting like re-injuring yourself, yeah. It's still like a five percent risk, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So a lot of the time, it's there's there's no there's no point in rushing trying to go a little bit like a day or a week earlier yeah, yeah. in the grand scheme of things you're gonna be the same yeah anyway so i respected that uh, and and tried not to to push it too far yeah but it was all it was all within reason okay I'd say. fair enough and then now it's just all fine no pain or nothing or what's it it's like? still it's still very tight i'd okay. say when i do some stuff mm-hmm. um i'm still not allowed to go into uh deep squat past nine degrees. Oh, really? Yeah, he doesn't want me to load past 90 degrees yeah. just yet. Because mm-hmm. uh, in in deep knee flexion past 90 degrees, the meniscus gets stressed more. Okay. So it's more on the on the meniscus side of things. Right. Just in case. Yeah. So when he shaved, he shaved part of your meniscus, right? Part of it, but then he was able to repair most of it. Oh, okay. Okay. So how did he repair it? Did he fill it back up with something or...? Kind of stitch it together. Oh, okay. I yeah. don't know how they do it. But... <laughs> You're not a surgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they get in there... With their little tools and stuff, and yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. they suture it back together. Okay. So. Fair enough, fair enough. Really and happy. so now you're back to running. Are you playing Oztag again? Is that something you want to do again? Or Yeah, so usually we look at ACL recovery as a 12 month timeline. Yeah. Typically. Mm-hmm. 
and then through that stage it's it's all progressive like once okay. you hit certain like criteria performance measures then you can yeah. kind of progress up yeah to the next stage and things mm. i'm kind of in the middle zone now about like five and a half six months yeah i've just done like straight line running yep right the next step would be starting to develop like side to side yeah. running and things which i'm not up to yet but that's that's next okay. and then cool. towards that like end of the the time like nine to twelve months mm. usually more like the sport specific based drills yeah so very yeah. specific to yeah to Ozdag and things yeah cool but, and with your injury do you feel like because you have gone through that sort of procedure or that sort of experience has that helped you become a better physio definitely yeah but in saying that I didn't need to do my knee to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to be a better physio <laughs> yeah a few yeah. people have said that Fair. obviously yeah. um one, probably trying to make me feel better. Um, but two, it makes sense. Yeah. Because uh, you know what your your patients are going yeah. through. And yeah. I, I definitely respect what they feel when they recover now. Yeah, right. I would say. And I think for me, like, as a, as a PT for myself, I always try to go through whatever my clients have to go through. Like, mm. for example, if I tell them to do, like, 20 burpees, obviously, like, I should have that experience or know what 20 burpees feels like or do 200 but, or, yeah. do, or do 200 but for you like people come to you with injuries right so it's a bit different in terms of like you can't injure yourself to see how you recover no and so like for me when i learn i like to do but for you i mean as a physio how do you feel like you would learn best in terms of treating people with injuries i'd say outside of actually hurting my knee like say prior <laughs> to hurting my knee yeah you have to experience what you're prescribing okay. as well. Yeah. So just right. like yourself, you wouldn't prescribe an exercise that you hadn't tried mm. or like done a fair bit of. Yeah. And then trying like different progressions, regressions, yeah. and like yourself, you'd go through. You'd have someone that's very advanced, very skilled, and then you'd also have a person that's trying exercise for the first time. Yeah. So in terms of how you relate that to physio, you can have someone that is fully functional. Like goes about day to day there's nothing wrong with them right mm. and then you have someone at the very acute phase of the injury where like you know range is limited they can't do much at all yeah and then we see everyone in between right, right? Okay. so just seeing people everyone in between and across the whole kind of like injury spectrum yeah if you'd say that mm. you get experience of what people can do yeah at each stage right and i guess right. that builds to to your knowledge base and, yeah. and how you prescribe things mm. okay and for you as a physio, I'm, I'm keen to know what are your sort of key inspirations or influences for you as a physio in terms of learning and progressing, but also just your mindset as a physio yourself. How do you sort of see physio um, in your life? I think to be a good physio, you need to be really invested in your own health. Okay. I would yeah. say really be invested in your own health. Be invested in, in bettering yourself first, mm, okay. I'd say. Because uh, that's where a lot of like, good interest comes from. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, that passion to to work hard for something, especially yeah. being in the health industry, that's it. your health. Yeah, like, for sure. It's going to be hard to push it on other people mm. or try to get other people to pursue better health yep. themselves. Mm, mm-hmm. So I think a big inspiration just comes, a lot of it comes from me trying to improve myself right okay yeah like yeah. being stronger being yeah. faster being fitter yeah being a better oz tagger mm. comes from that first uh in terms of inspiration i think social media has like grown heaps yeah in the past like 
two, three years, mm. even in the past six months, right? Yeah. There's always something new being added, and I love it because it's such it builds such a great network. Yeah, that's how we sure. met, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like, without Instagram, yeah. Like, we wouldn't have met. That's it. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to link up with so many guys that I linked up with today. Mm-hmm. And where you see people like I see you doing, you know, your line dance thing, like starting your podcast. <laughs> yeah, and like, that gives me inspiration. It's like, yeah, shit, like right. this guy's doing so much. Yeah, you know, I see other guys starting out their own business. Yeah, that's coming it. out with products, apparel. Yeah, sure. You know. Yeah. So I feel like my inspiration is always is, is constantly changing. Yeah, right. Like, it's not just yeah. like oh, yeah, uh, this guy did this thing that I remember three years ago. And that's what's inspired me for the past three years. Yeah, it's yeah. always something, something new. Yeah, something right. Different. And so you're always finding like whether it's conscious or unconscious, unconscious, new inspirations and new things which are pushing you to be better, or do better, and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, cool. Yeah. My best example was my knee, like the yeah. most recent one. That's <laughs> yeah. my inspiration. Yeah, yeah I, I'm better. using it as a as a learning experience, a learning tool, so yeah. people can sort of even be inspired by what I'm doing. Yeah. So do you use yourself as, a, as an example to a lot of patients that you see who have ACL tears? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think it's it's good to for them to see that I've gone through it. Yeah. So they it. can kind of respect that I know what they're going for through. For sure, yeah. I yeah. think. And yeah, in the past, I'd say in the past three months, since mm. I've probably been back at work, mm. I've been getting a lot of ACLs. So oh, really? I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but yeah, yeah. I've just been seeing a lot more of them yeah. recently. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's talk about you going into the physio industry. When you finished uni, I, I'm assuming during uni you had a lot of placements? Yeah, so all up we had about 25 weeks of placement. Yeah. The last two years was... The most intense blocks, I'd okay. say. So in the last two years, we had two five-week blocks per year. Okay, yeah. two five-week blocks per year. And then as you get further into your degree, they expect you to, to know more. Yeah, yeah, right. And so when you first went into the physio industry, what was it like finding a job? And did you feel like you were not ready or not prepared? Or did you feel like you were well-prepared? Uh, what was it like for you? I think the beauty of physio is you're never you're never prepared enough. <laughs> okay. I'd say. Yeah, right. Yeah. In especially in, in the in the one hour or half an hour consult, like yeah. you, there's always something that you're ah, oh, I should have done that, I should've asked this, uh, okay. you know, I should assess this, I yeah. should have gave this or sometimes you, you get the ones where you're like, Alright, absolutely nailed that. Yeah. But it's not all the time. Mm. Like, there's always something that you feel like, Oh, I could have been better prepared for yeah. that. Yeah, right. And so when you first started, um, when you just finished uni did you have a job lined up ready or were you applying or what was that like? Yeah, so after or during during uni, uh, what happened was so I bring it back to ITF, the place I work for. Yeah, now. in Bankstown, right? Yeah, so what happened was when I got into physio, uh, Min knew about it because I, I rang him, I told him, I was like, yeah. oh, by the way, I got in physio. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah sweet, sweet. <laughs> uh, and then I started working at, at Rebel Sport okay. after high school. Yeah. So I worked there for two years. Mm-hmm. At the middle or end of my first year of uni, uh, Min gave me a call. He's like, hey, bro, you want a job? Oh, <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, like, super casual, super random. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, I want a job. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. it wasn't on my mind. I was yeah. just like, all right, yeah, uni is a time where, you know, you just work, you do retail, do you do hospitality, stuff. and yeah, then yeah. get your degree, and then you go work full time. Right. So, I wasn't even thinking about working in the industry. Okay. And then I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. Mm. So, I went on, I did some assistant work. So, basically, I just 
did what he told me to do. Okay. So if like someone needed some work done on yeah. certain areas, I'd do it. Yeah. And then I would supervise them doing the exercises. Yeah, okay. Kind yeah. Of thing. So I didn't have to do much, too much like thinking. Yeah. I'd yeah. say. So I did that for three, three years up until I finished. Mm-hmm. And then once I finished, he asked me, I was like, hey, what are you going to do next year? What's oh, your plan? Okay. Yeah. And I knew, I didn't really want to work in uh, the region of Bankstown. Oh, yeah. Kermata. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was more like the demographic. Yeah. You get sort of more like general pop. Mm. Uh, people like our parents, yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. say, that just mm. want to come in. You know, they want something quick. You yeah. Know. I wanted to work more with like the athletic population. Right. So I knew I needed to go out west or a bit far mm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started looking for like full-time gigs out outside. Yeah. And then uh, Physio Inc. was probably like the third or fourth interview I ended up going to. Okay. And then ended up being, I was happiest the most with them. But at the same time, like, I didn't want to leave like, ITF. Yeah. Because right? they pretty much invested in me yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was like 14 years old. Yeah. Right? Uh, so Min was trading out at Canley, the gym. Yeah. At XT166, which was fitness studio before. Mm-hmm. So he was training there two nights a week and he said, oh, like, do you want to go work at the gym? Yeah. Like, two nights a week. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Sweet. That's mad. Yeah. All right. So there's only one room there uh-huh. at the moment. Um, so I started working there two nights. Okay. Two nights a week as well, which I really wanted to work there because, you know, you got you got the room, but then outside is the whole gym. Yeah. Right? You've got, you got access to that. you got the commercial gym and then you got upstairs, which is the, the weightlifting CrossFit yeah. gym. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Cool. And so, when you're looking for jobs, was there was there a high demand for physios, or was it a bit tough and a bit competitive? I think there's there's a lot of physios out there, and there's a lot of practices out there. Mm. Um, but to match the really good physios to the really good practices is is tough. Right. Okay. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to to get into a team where they really valued the education and. Right. Yeah. Uh, the culture yeah. of the team yeah. and like openness to different treatment styles. Yeah. I think the dangers of early new grand physios, because I'm seeing it in my mates at the moment. Mm. Some of my mates uh, recently graduated or are going through that process now and mm. you, know, you hear about so many bad clinics. Right. Yeah. Right, that, you know, that's just pushing like, outdated methods and, okay. and not like- just looking at it more from a business model like yeah. how do I see the maximum amount of people mm. in the clinic versus okay. like how do I help this person or yeah. give the best quality service yeah okay let's talk about that sort of mentality there for you obviously like yourself as a physio that's that's your livelihood right it's your mm. job it's your business how do you sort of integrate business and of course you know earning money and you know living with treating your patients and providing them with value? Do you think about both at the same time or you just think of one stream of just providing value? What, what does that sort of happen in your head? Mm. So I think like going into it, I, I didn't pick a career path that was based off which career path is going to get me the most money. Yeah. Right, because yeah. if, if I was thinking about that, I'd go into the I don't know, banking or some <laughs> yeah. sort of corporate, 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 corporate work. So right, yeah. I think I wanted to get into a profession where I would enjoy the most. Yeah. Right. Because okay. I think you've heard this quote, or I've heard it somewhere. It's like, if you go to, if work, what is, what is it? It's like, uh, you, you never work a day in your life. Like, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that, right? Yeah. So, I think <laughs> someone told me that and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, like, I'm, I want to think about it like that. Yeah. So, going going to work, like, I'll, in my first two, 
two years, mm-hmm. I would be working like 46 hour weeks. Wow. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'd do full time in my other place and then eight hours at the gym, but yeah. it didn't feel that much. Okay. Because like, I, like I was just, so I was just enjoying it so much, yeah, right? That's it. Pushing out a lot of social media content mm-hmm. and people ask me like, oh, how do you do it? Like, how do you do it? Mm. Like, it's just, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't feel like I'm working. I, I actually get that question quite often as well because I'm I'm pretty active on social media and I like to show my clients on my stories and stuff. And people notice, people say, oh, like, you know, you're there in the mornings at 6 a.m. and you finish at 9. Like, how do you do it? For me, honestly, like, it doesn't feel like that much, like what you're saying. I just sort of rock up and <laughs> help my clients out. And then when I'm finished with my client, then I go home. It's not like I'm there like, oh, yeah, I want to go home. I'm sick of this stuff. And I think it's because we enjoy what we do so much and we really see that we're providing value to people and we're making a difference. Mm. For me, that's that's a big thing. Whenever I see people progress every session, it just keeps me motivated and inspired to do more and do better. And I think you'd feel the same way too, right? Yeah. Especially with injuries, I think it, it's even more significant because you see such significant progress as well. Yeah, definitely, assumption. definitely. Like you... you can get so the, the most common injury in, in physio is lower back pain right yeah so at the very extreme end of the spectrum you can get someone that come in that can barely get up off the waiting room chair right right coming in and you know they have all these negative be- like beliefs about the injuries like fuck i'm gonna need surgery and yeah. stuff like that <laughs> yeah and then you fast forward like session by session yeah. and you, you fast forward like four six weeks down the track and you know they're back to running they're back to doing what yeah. they want and yeah like, you look at that and you're like, shit, I've just made such an impact on yeah. this person's it life. It changed their life, basically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, it's incredible. So I think that's that's currency in itself, man. Mm. I'd say. Yeah. Um, but in terms of your original question, like how to balance that business side of things, I don't tend to think about it too much from a money perspective. Yeah. I think if you're a good physio and you put that, that service perspective first, yep. the money will, will come in. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Like it'll slowly come in, yeah. I'd say, over long term. And then as you get better at what you do, you know, you can increase you know, your value increases, right? Yeah, yeah, that's so it. that stuff increases. Yeah. The problem I see is when people adopt the business model and they just try to see more and more, yeah. they're delivering more. They might be earning more, mm. but the quality of service isn't as high. Yeah. Right. So where does that push you as a clinician? Mm. Like it's mm-hmm. not on an upward trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you said about putting service at the forefront and value at the forefront isn't just relatable to physios, but for anyone who's providing a service or even a product, if your product or your service is good and people like it, more people are going to like, people are going to talk about you as a physio or myself as a PT, or they're going to talk about your product and how good it is. That's marketing in itself. And as you get better and as um, your service and product gets better, people will just come to you naturally and that's how you actually start earning money and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for you starting as a physio though, did you feel like it was a struggle to get clients and and how do you get clients? Is it just from the clinic itself or do you have to get your own? Uh, because I know as a PT for me, um, the gym has all these members and um, you know they, they go to the gym but it's my responsibility to actually approach these members and ask or help them with whatever their goals are. What's it like for a physio? Yeah, in it depends what what clinic you're at, okay, and what type of reputation that clinic has. Right. So if you're a complete sole trader, you're gonna have to work really, really hard, mm. be really good at what you do, yeah, and be able to market yourself really well, yeah, in the early stages. So I don't know too many people that have gone out by themselves at the very start mm. and like just smash it really yeah. early on, yeah. 
what usually happens is you go into a clinic first, right? Yeah. So luckily for me, I went into a clinic that was very well established already. Okay. They've been there, uh, I think, like almost about 10 years, I'd oh, say, wow. yeah. up in Glenmore Park. Mm-hmm. And a clinic with very high volume mm, already. Okay. Right? It's the only clinic in that suburb. So it's it's just on, on the outskirts of the Penrith region. Yeah. In Penrith itself, heaps of clinics, like okay. five, six, yeah. I don't know, heaps of clinics. Yeah. But coming out of it, there's not much. Okay. The thing I learned about Glenmore Park is it's very culty. Okay. So what do you mean? Culty? I mean, <laughs> I mean in the sense that if you live in Glenmore Park, you love living in Glenmore Park. Ah, uh, but not Penrith. No, no, no. Like you, you love living in the area because like everything's there. Right. Okay. Right. And you generally just stay in the area uh, because everything's there. Okay. Right? So if there's a physio there, yeah. you, they're just gonna stay there. Ah, uh, right. right. Glenmore Park, relatively like active. Okay. Suburb. Yeah. I'd say like. You, most people, you know, they go out for like their walks and yeah. runs mm-hmm. and take the kids out and yeah. stuff. So going into that clinic uh, in the early stages, didn't have to push too hard to find my own clients. Yeah. Um, you can't, I'd, I'd say unless you're on social media like, or like you go out to like gyms or something, yeah. mm. like, you can't just like knock on people's doors and yeah. say like, you need busy or something. Yeah. yeah. So the clinic did really well to, to feed a lot of the new people. To me, okay, which cool. was good. Yeah, and I'd say in the early stages, uh, I'd probably be if we were looking at like a thirty-eight hour week at, and I was working at max capacity. Mm. Uh, you know, you you'd probably work start out at about like fifty, sixty percent, okay, capacity. Yeah, of yeah. working there. Yeah, and then after about six to twelve months, you know, it starts to pick up. Yeah, you know, like eighty, eighty-five, mm. mm-hmm. like a good working week with some downtime. I'd say it'd be about like. 80 to 90 percent yeah capacity yeah right weeks where you're at like max capacity 100 yeah. it's a long week yeah right yeah. yeah in in at the gym i had to work a bit harder for it okay because it's only one one clinician there right okay so unless people know that you're a, you're a physio at the gym like they're not gonna know yeah so i had to do more like uh just standing out prospecting walking the floor kind of like walking the floor yeah. um Doing a bit more, just like promoting myself, yeah. trying to do that. Yeah. So that one took a little bit more work. Okay. And then I'd say around towards the end of last year, mm. 2020, when I came back after From my injury. Op, yeah, it started to, to pick up quite a bit. So I was working at like, I'd say like 95% oh, yeah. capacity. What was that? Was it just like, just happened that way or were you pushing? I think usually, it? usually towards the end of the year, it gets quite a bit busy oh, okay. anyways. Yeah. And because last year with, with COVID, uh, from, from about like March, April, it just got quiet and then gyms were closed as yeah. well, right? Yeah. Um, but my clinic in Glenmont Park wasn't closed. Like we stayed open. Yeah. And in fact, we're like, I think like other clinics as well, we... We were busiest, like we were the oh, busiest really? we've ever been. Wow! So really? we we think it's like one because people have got more expendable income. Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're forced at home, right? Yeah, no one's spending on other stuff. Two, a lot of people working from home. Yeah, so more time. Yeah, work out uh, little niggles and things. Yeah. yeah, so I think that contributed to people coming to seek out physio more. Okay, so I did I worked at about ninety five percent capacity for like four weeks or so. This is during COVID. Uh, I was like. November, December period. Okay, yeah. I'd yeah. say, of okay. last year. Yeah, yeah. And then I was absolute cooked. Yeah. Right, just okay. days started to feel long. Mm. 
okay. and my server started to drop because yeah. it was just it was just so much right yeah and then your your admin stuff gets like put on the back mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you end up taking notes home and yeah. paperwork home and stuff yeah. and yeah it was just too much so uh this year i dropped i dropped some of my hours up at Glenmore park mm-hmm. so went down to part-time yeah and i picked up uh, one of the the senior educator left at my other place so yeah. i picked picked up the educator role oh right so i'm doing a bit more of the the education planning yeah. for our clinic which is an hour a week yeah we do as a team mm-hmm. certain topics and techniques and things okay. and then i do mentoring for the students and the new grads yeah. oh nice so it's a lot less face-to-face yeah with hours clients. with clients yeah. which is i think i like teaching yeah so I think that gives me more time to, to explore some of the things that yeah. I want to yeah. instead of just trading like all the time. Yeah. And do you think that's the sort of next step for you then? Like moving away from face-to-face and more towards like educating, mentoring or is that just sort of something that you want to explore briefly? Probably not. I wouldn't go completely one way yep. or the other. Yeah. I like variety. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I like a mix of both. Yeah. So this is giving me more opportunity to explore the teaching side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I, yeah, I really like teaching. So okay. even being, being in the gym a lot, mm-hmm. I ended up, I, I ended up doing a bit of just like programming and, and oh, coaching okay. of some of my mates. Oh, nice, and, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, last year, so when I injured my knee, yeah. it was a month out from the tournament. Ah. Oh, so okay. there was not enough time to find a replacement. Yeah. So what happened was me and the coach, we swapped. Ah, oh, So right. my coach ended up playing because he knew obviously he was coaching everything right? yeah 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 so he he ended up playing and then i took over the coaching role oh right and then for for this year's state cup which is in two weeks mm-hmm. uh we did the trials pretty much straight after last year's state cup yeah because i couldn't play right mm. so i put my hand up to do the coaching role again yeah so again i come back to that coaching teaching mm. interest mm. cool cool so things awesome so just to finish off, I want to talk about social media for you as a physio. I know you're quite active. You're one of really the only physios that I know that I follow in my sort of network who's quite active on social media. Mm. Why do you think social media is so important for you as a physio? And um, how do you sort of use it? Yeah, so it started off... Well, the page that is JMI Physio now mm. used to be a fitness blog not a fitness blog a like, fitness like tracker tra- oh okay yeah, 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 yeah. so like most people have these days yeah yeah so to <laughs> to the og followers if anyone's listening <laughs> jma is hungry right i'll say your in, first one was jma was hungry jma is hungry so <laughs> okay. it's the same account i just changed the name oh, way yeah. back in 20 oh what is it 2016 i think middle of 2016 so if anyone's oh. out there Scroll all the way down and you'll find like my early posts. Oh, right. So it just used to be like what I was, it'd be like the classic like week one, day three. Yeah. You know, like my workout, like how I felt and stuff. Yeah. That was when I made the the start to actually focus on my my fitness and trying to lead down and stuff. Yeah. And then when I was going into like graduating, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Um, Oh, no. So so when I made that page, Mm. I, I already knew that I wanted that social media account. Okay. When I finished, right? Oh, right. So I was like, yeah. all right, I'm just going to use this one and a half, two years to, to practice using oh, using yeah. Instagram. And then become a launch pad for like your physio. Yeah, yeah, oh, basically. Okay. So uh, I knew I wanted to have that because I knew how valuable it was. One, from a marketing perspective. Yeah. Like you're just marketing yourself, right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, two was from a documentation perspective. It's yeah. like, 
Uh, I'm just going to document what I do with clients. Mm-hmm. Three is like a personal resume, yeah. really. Yeah, that's it. All right. Um, and so then, yeah, I experimented just posting content and stuff. And when that time came around, Vincent actually helped me. Out oh, there. really? Vincent, yeah. shout out VC Funes. <laughs> OG, OG VC Funes. Yeah. yeah, so he helped me out with how to like design posts. Like, I didn't know what the fuck Canva was. Oh, right. I didn't know how to write captions, yeah, yeah, double yeah. spacing and all this uh-huh, stuff. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, he, he taught me what to do. Did you reach out to him or did he just sort of... No, no, I, I reached out to him. Because okay. when, when I was about to start, he already had a pretty big following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now he's on like 15k or something crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he was already crazy. Yeah. Right. Um, so I reached out to him and that was back when Instagram still had likes. You could see the likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I was like, oh, why am I only getting like 30 likes on these posts? Like, like, how do I, how do I increase the engagement? Yeah, 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 okay. So then he started teaching me about like, oh, like look at these like analytics and oh, you know, okay. like look what your followers like to, yeah. to see and yeah, stuff. So yeah. yeah, in the early stages, I used the, just to, to pump out stuff. And you'll see it quite a bit like new early physios. Mm. They're just super keen. They just want to pump out stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I pushed myself to make three posts a week yeah. in specific like template Okay. orders as well yeah i did that for about a year okay. i'd say yeah by the end of that year it started to feel almost like a chore right because yeah. one i'd have to film in that week yeah or create something in that week produce content and two it had to fit the mold of the yeah. template i'd set out to yeah. do right yeah. so it came to a point where i was like Fuck, i can't keep up with this three posts a week trying to fit it into yeah. the template yeah and getting busy as well right yeah so that this is that point is where you'll see a lot of like physio people drop off and mm-hmm. they'll just stop posting yeah. and stop using that account. Right? Yeah. Um, for me, I just like I'll just drop it. I like you know once a week is at least something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I did that for a little bit and then I just couldn't keep up with the the mold I was trying to do that mm-hmm. theme anymore. Mm-hmm. So I just completely got rid of it, changed it to something else now that it's just a little bit easier to yeah. post and yeah. work around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said at the start, it's just been so awesome to connect with with people and yeah, and learn about different ways people do things yeah even outside of physio okay like i've linked up with like podiatrists okay yeah um like uh, uh mostly coaches yeah coaches like gymnastics coaches oh, okay you know like yeah. strength coaches yeah. like sprinting coaches mm-hmm. yeah so you learn about all these different things like yeah. outside of physio which yeah makes you a better physio yeah. as well. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And so basically you've got a framework around how you post on social media. And I think like with anyone anyone on social media, it's quite important to have that framework or I guess have a idea or theme of what content you want to produce and then go from there. But obviously when you first start off, you'll, you want to experiment, right? You want to post a lot of stuff and just see what works, what doesn't work. Mm. And then from there, you can sort of guide your content towards a particular direction. But yeah, like with social media, like you said, one, it's awesome to market yourself, but two, what I found a lot of value in is just connecting with people like yourself. You messaged me a few times with some tips and stuff whenever you see like my clients on my story and mm. like it's been really helpful. Um, and so I think it's really awesome for me as to expose myself as well um, to other people, but also to get ideas and inspiration from other people too, uh, who are on my, on my sort of feed. Mm. Um, to finish off, I wanted to ask you more about your future, right? Right now you're working, is it part-time hours? Part-time hours at Glenmore Park? Yeah, part-time hours and part-time hours at at the gym as well. So what days are you at um, Physio Inc? 
Uh, Fusion Inc. on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, and then and then at the gym Mondays and Thursday nights. Yep. Gonna pick up Saturday mornings potentially pretty at, soon. At six as, as well. well. So all yeah. up, it'll be it'll be forty two hours. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And so with that, then um, do you see yourself going long term with this, or what's the sort of next few steps for you? You think so. Originally starting out, I always wanted to to get into that the sports side of things. I think a lot of people pursuing physio want want to get into the sports side of things, mm-hmm. working with sports teams and yeah. things. And yeah. during uni, I'd I'd had experience working with some teams. Yeah. So I worked with the soccer club, worked with the West Magpies mm-hmm. rugby league, mm-hmm. and then going into private practice. You know, your first year's pretty much in the clinic. Yeah. You know, I've been doing some work with Glenmore Park Brumbies, the rugby league club. Yeah. That's my second year with them at the moment. Mm-hmm. But eventually want to get into the NRL. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And so um, with the Brumbies, are you their sole physio or are there a few of you guys who help them out? Just me okay. at the moment. Cool. Yeah. So I look after the, the older grades. Yeah. How do you get? It, how did you get that gig? Was it sort of you reached out to them, or they didn't reach out to you, or I reached out to them because they're the local footy club, right? Okay. We're the local physio. Yeah, so it was an easy match. Okay, uh, Glenmore Park is uh, affiliate, or they're linked up with uh, Penrith Panthers. Oh, so it's okay. like their their local club. Yeah, local club into. So they're like Panthers. their regional club. So yeah. eventually, I want to crack an NRL team. Do mm-hmm. it for a few years, I'd say. Um, maybe even work with some other international teams, yep. like teams that Olympic maybe teams go to Olympic teams, yep. yeah, yeah, or just teams that travel interstate and oh, stuff. Cool. I just want to experience that, yeah, that traveling life, yeah, with work. So I'm how does that work with an NRL team? Do you just like follow them around games? Are you with them every day, or what's it sort of like? A lot of it is you're you're with them, right? So yeah, what you're yeah. doing is you're, you're trying to get the best out of their players. Uh-huh. What are you trying to do as a team? You're trying to win the premiership, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you have to be there. You have to always be on top. If they're injured, you know, you've got to be on top of their rehab. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that is, like, managing them to stay away from injuries. Mm-hmm. Because if they're injured, they, right. they can't perform. And so you would also have some say with their coaching as well then, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, okay. so physio, coach, you know, performance team. Yeah. You're all a team at the end of the day to, yeah. to maximize the, yeah, the, the performance of that player. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so with that, then do you just apply for it, or is it just you get sort of well known and then you sort of make connections to get there? Bit of both, I'd say. From what I've heard, is it's more about who you know, yeah, not what you know, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> so even then, sometimes you know you might be the best gun physio in the world, mm-hmm. but if no one knows you, you're not yeah. going to get a gig there. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm. I'm really excited with the Brumbies. Yep. Is because. The coach there at the moment, Mark Horro, is he was former New Zealand representative for rugby league. Oh wow! And he coached a little bit back in the nineties yep. as well. So yep. he knows a lot of people. That's good. Um, and then just trying to again using Instagram, you know, reaching yep. out, like mm-hmm. asking different coaches, and mm-hmm. a lot of people up there as well. They're linked up to certain clubs yep. and things. So, yeah. You know, I just keep doing my part. Yeah. Helping the people, and yeah. you get noticed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, is there anything that you want to mention? Any questions for me? Anything that you want to sort of finish up with? I think the space where where physios and personal trainers, physios and sort of exercise physiologists, and it, it's definitely improving. Yeah, I'd say we're working a lot better. Yes, together. Yeah, yeah. than before. Mm. I'd say before, a lot of it was all right. I'm the physio. 
like, you're my client, don't t- listen to anyone else. Like, yeah, right. You're for me, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like now the better physios is like, all right, how can I help this person better? Like, yeah. who can I bring on board mm. to help more? Mm-hmm. So, like, we've helped each other out yeah. a few times. Yeah. I'm, I've linked up with uh, the trainers out at uh, Fit and Fast in Weatherwood Park. Yeah, nice. Like Michael Wino, Salvatore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, nice. Michael Wong. Like, yeah. They've sent me so many people, right? Oh, really? It's just because we go back and forth yeah. with, with clients. Like, yeah. They'll ask me a question about their clients, and yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, try this and something. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they try, and they're like, oh, it's not getting better. Yeah. Like, Go go see go see Jamar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I end up seeing them, and then I'll either give them a ring or message them after. I was like, "Oh, this is what we worked on. Like, this is how you can modify your program. Mm-hmm. Try these yeah. certain things. Yeah. Make sure they do this part of the rehab." And yeah, it's so good because at the end of the day, like, we're wanting the best for the yeah. client, right? Yeah, it's not about my ego. It's not about your ego. Mm. It's about what the client wants. Yeah, the client wants to like, get fitter. They for want sure. to stay out of injury. So yeah. we have to work together. Yeah, that's in it. That space. Yeah, I think for me as well with my clients, whenever they're sort of injured and they're out of my space, I, I feel like some PTs sort of try to keep them to themselves and be mm. like, oh, try this, I want to help you with this, I want to help you with that. Whereas for me, it's sort of like, I really can't help you here, but here's someone I do know, you know, whether you go see a chiro or a physio, a massage therapist or something like that. Mm. Um, and what you mentioned too, with like the sort of connection getting better to get better um, between physios and either PTs or EPs and stuff like that. Um, I think it's really important too that we do communicate with, with each other. And for myself as a PT, my focus is my client, right? And for you, your focus is your client too. Mm. And if we can work together to basically get this client to 100%, there's nothing better than that. Mm. So, yeah. From a, from a personal level, I think it's a lot of it is, is, is your mindset, right? Mm, so sure. we've heard a lot about growth mindset, yeah. um, being, being more vulnerable, yeah. just knowing that you know, you don't have all the answers. Exactly. A lot of the time, like, I don't. I know I don't have all the answers, but mm. you know, I'm gonna do my best. And yep. if I think someone else has better idea, like, I'm gonna ask them. Yeah. Like, not have an ego and that's it. Like, try to do everything. Try to solve all the problems. Hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Awesome, man. Look, I think that wraps it up. It's pretty cool how um, we've been able to chat and connect today. Mm. Um, where can people find you? Whether that be on online or in person. Um, Here's your chance to sort of market <laughs> yeah. yourself. <laughs> the best place to find me is at JMR Physio on Instagram, or you can find me at X2166 Training Center, Kenley Heights, or Physio Inc. in Glenmore Park. Awesome, man. Cool. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode, episode three, with JMR Physio or Jonathan Ma. Um, please like and follow our podcast for more. You can find us at dailyhustle.apparel on Instagram and Facebook. If anything, shoot us a DM or let us know if you have any comments, feedback, recommendations. Um, Thank you for for tuning in.